Salutations, listeners, and welcome to another episode of How You Feeling, a podcast dedicated to exploring emotional intelligence in a practical and useful way. We are so excited to be back with you today. As always, I am your host, Dr. C. Uh, I am I am excited to be back in the saddle here. It's been a, a couple days here, but um, it's like riding a bike. We're going to jump right back into it. This week, we're talking about the very interesting and very foundational idea of core beliefs. Uh, and I'm very excited to see where this conversation goes. And in having that conversation, we're having it with our usual and favorite co-host, Dr. Jeff Haverlin. Jeff, how are you feeling? Hey, good morning. I'm I'm feeling, you know, it's been a really interesting week. Um, you know, uh, on, oh gosh, I can't even remember. Maybe it was Sunday morning. Um, we got a phone call. Actually, we missed a phone call. We missed about four of them. Um, and all of a sudden, our doorbell's ringing at like three in the morning. Um, and it's my sister-in-law waking us up to tell us our daughter was taken by ambulance to the hospital, um, and was in the emergency room and, and she wouldn't really tell us much, but we finally got it out of her that she was in a car wreck. So, um, Anna is fifth, uh, snuck out her window to hang out with some friends, um, and they rolled the car um, somewhere on Highway 20. And so it's been a really busy week for emotions. Um, I'm, I'm kind of still in that scared, anxious thing. Um, there, there is nothing, nothing to my point, to this point in my life right now that, that has rattled me like, um, you know, your daughter who we thought was sleeping in her bedroom was in the hospital. We knew nothing about her condition. And so she took the worst of the accident, but um, she ended up with stitches, bruising, a lot of pain, but, um, but all in all, it was good. I mean, it was good in terms of the outcome, because like they said, if she hadn't been wearing her seatbelt, she'd have been screwed. And oh, geez talk about you know a lot in our family about um what people think of you and reputations and things like that and and she automatically well now there's like this automatic reputation being well she's sneaky she snuck out of the house and and i'd, I'd like to actually find out how many people in this world have snuck out of their house and you know the people who don't get caught don't get that reputation and so so i'm going from um being scared and anxious and then i'm a little bit irritable um by that i'm mad at her actions but at the same time it's really hard to be to be scathing angry when when she's still up and walking and so so sure. it's been a really messy week um by far very messy week and and so hopefully you know things things will improve. And I mean, they, they're good overall, but, but still dealing with a lot of that leftover um, anxiety. So, so what about you? How are you feeling today? Well, uh, I don't, I don't know how to come back from that. I'm just <laughs> happy to hear that Anna's okay. That's um, fortunately neither one of mine are, are, are in that sneak uh, age group yet, but um, I'm just glad to hear she's okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. We're uh uh, as you probably are busily preparing for uh, whatever this fall term is going to look like. Um, and just I'm excited to sort of get back into that routine um, uh, with some new staffing changes here in my department. So I'm just sort of having to rock and roll with um, what is now a me problem uh, as we talk for problem ownership. 
um, and just trying to, to look out for the best interest of my department moving forward, um, as we'll be a little bit shorthanded uh, moving into the fall year. So I'll be interested to see how that all plays out, but certainly it's, it's something I'm ready to, to tackle because I have to. Um, and there isn't really that time to lament anymore. So um, I'm just excited uh, to get that going. Uh, and also, uh, you know, my, my wife recently went back to work as maternity leave ended. Uh, and I tell you, getting to spend this quality time with my girls, um, albeit with two that one is learning to communicate and one that cannot communicate, um, has just been so cool um, as a dad to just sort of have this time to just be with them. And so I'm really trying to hang on to every minute uh, that I have that way, because I know in a few weeks uh, that relationship changes because they'll go back to daycare and, and, and work will begin again. Uh, so I'm really trying to hold tight to that as well. I hear you. I have been there in my life. And I guess even with the age of my kids, I still am. So, um, yeah. Well, good, though. It sounds like things are, are going good. I know, definitely know you have a lot kind of on your plate right now. Um, <laughs> and well, so... listen, that's, uh, that's, that's all, it's all part of it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we're talking about core beliefs today. And I think this is one of those topics, and, and Jeff, you'll have to uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I have always looked at this topic as one of those that if I, if I stopped a random person on the street and said, hey, do you know what you believe in? They're going to look at me and be like, oh, yeah, 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 of course I do. Okay, well, what is it? And the first answer you get back like 93% of the time is, uh, and that's it. Um, and I think it's just one of those really abstract ideas that, that we all kind of know what it is, but then when we're forced to articulate it, it becomes challenging. So I hope that we can shed a little bit of light on this in today's episode. And, and I'll start with that question to you, Jeff, just to say, do you know what you believe in? <laughs> you know, I, I think had you randomly asked me about 20 years ago, I don't know if I'd have had a a really good answer for that. But, but yes, over time, you, you definitely start to learn what you believe in. And I think it, it comes down to you start paying attention to the stuff that's very automatic for you, that's built into you. Um, you know, I, I think as we, through a number of experiences, and, um, uh, we, we develop our, our beliefs that just, like I said, they, they become very automatic in, in how we react to stuff and, how it may influence our decisions. And so um, it, it's really at the end of it, it's what we believe to be true. Um, but they, they tend not to be, you know, I guess you could have superficial core beliefs, which would be kind of an oxymoron, but, but for the most part, we have really deeply embedded uh, beliefs in us that drive who we are. And, and so to me that, you know, what I believe in comes from that. But, but even now, as I'm, you know, as it's running through my head, okay, what do I believe in? Because then I start to cross it with, um, is, is it a value is a belief in a value? How do you keep those separate and all of that? Um, but really when it comes to, to things like, you know, beliefs, I believe that you, you need to be honest if honesty is what is needed. I, I believe that um, people deserve grace, I believe. And you could go on for days talking about the beliefs you have, but often we're never asked about them. People just assume, and, and really people probably can read them off of you um, and just in the way you act and speak. But, 
but yeah, I don't think many of us ever really sit down and, and do the, like this, I believe, you know, like I think from an education standpoint, um, the middle school level, they had to come out with a a thing, a, a book called, or a kind of a proclamation called this, I believe where they outlined, if you're going to teach at the middle school, this is what you should believe about middle school students, which is kind of funny. It, it, this is what it really should be. This is what we think you should believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but that is truly, that's truly kind of the, the basis of belief anyway, core beliefs. So what about you? How would you add to that or destroy what I said or anything like that? No, no, no destroying. Now, you know, I think, I think, you know, we, we're hitting the nail on the head that, you know, when, when pressed, I think we would all sort of respond affirmatively with, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but then, okay, well, tell me. And it's like, oh, geez. Um, and so I guess let me, before I sort of respond, because then I can respond sort of in kind, but you mentioned uh, in your response that, um, that, that a lot of these core beliefs are sort of deeply ingrained in us. And so what I'd love for you to chat about again, and then you can throw it back to me afterwards is if they're deeply ingrained, then where do they come from? So where, where were you, where did you get your beliefs from? And and then secondarily, did you choose them? Were they chosen for you? Have you chosen ones as you have grown, right? Do you see where I'm going with that? So like, yeah. essentially, if you know what you believe in, great. Where did they come from? And did you choose them? And how did you choose them? Yeah, so, so you know, when you talk about um, you, do we choose our core beliefs? I think, I think with maturity, with age, with independence, you choose your own beliefs. However, um, early on your beliefs really, you know, I often said in education that, that young students tend to be the mouthpiece of their parents. And so sometimes they will say things that they believe that you're like, no, this is completely contrary to what I see about you or what you say, but, but they have been taught at home that you believe in this. Um, and it's kind of like a perfect example of this that can really light things on fire quick, uh, you know, would be like religion or even um, a political party. Sure. Um, oh, my God, especially going into the fall. Like, I, I thought this would be an interesting election season. I think it's going to frighten me more than anything. But, but uh, you know, so as we grow up, our parents tell us our friends tell us, you know, if, if we have a belief that's different than our friends, our friends sometimes will um, reshape that belief to fit the one that they think better. And if you're not strong enough, or um, if you don't believe in that belief enough, then then odds are you might find yourself changing it. And, and parents, you know, that's all we spend our time doing. We, we raise you from the moment you're, you're born to all through these stages. And we're teaching you things like, um, we believe that it's important to share. And so when you take your toys and you steal them from the kid across from you and the kid cries, we tend to chastise you because, you know, you should share. And that is a belief that we force throughout um, uh, early childhood, into school, et cetera. And so um, I think a lot of times our beliefs are chosen for us. Sure. And I do believe also that, um, like all I keep saying is believe now, but um, the like I think of when I started really dating, getting into um, serious relationships, ended up getting married and that a lot of the beliefs I have now are because I've let somebody else into my very personal world. And then we brought kids in on top of that. And so 
our beliefs then become shaped by by every all of that influence that that was never there before and having to see the world differently. And so, um, yes, we can choose our beliefs, but I think that comes with age. It comes with empowerment. It comes with um, uh, maturity. Um, and I guess, though, that being said, you could you can still choose your beliefs, not being educated, not being mature enough. Um, it just might be hard to stick with them when confronted with with different knowledge or different information. And so, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what what I'm thinking about that. So now now I'll throw that one back to you. you there know? we go. The, the, the big package comes back. No, yeah. and I, I Jeff, I, I, I agree with you. And I think. Um, you know, we talk a lot in class and I know I talk a lot with with my students and different people like that, that, yeah, early on, a lot of I think a lot of our beliefs are chosen for us. Like you said, you know, our our parents are our first uh, teachers and and sort of your your immediate village. So like if you were raised with aunts and uncles and cousins and all that. Um, and then I can think of like I've, I've been going to religious education, you know, th- since I was old enough to go, I guess, kindergarten or first grade, whenever they start you. Um, and so you're getting like ideologic beliefs from that system. And so, you know, I think that a lot of times they, you know, our initial beliefs come from um, come from those those first family and village units that we're exposed to. Uh, but I also agree with you, too. Yeah, that, that as we grow we can start to choose our beliefs. And, you know, I think one of the ones that really hit me the most, and it's not, it's not mine, but it was one that I experienced with one of my students who, who came from probably two hours down the road in a very small town in Iowa. And like this, the student was legit telling me that the first minority person that they were in close proximity to didn't happen until they got to college. Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind because I'm from a very, you know, I was raised in a very big city where that like from day one, um, you know, it, uh, you know, that city was a melting pot of, of ethnicity and, and culture and, and diversity. And so to hear that the first time that you were in a class with someone who didn't look exactly like you was college, what what must that have done to that person's core beliefs? Uh, and perhaps some of the things that maybe they were raised thinking or not thinking. And so I think for me, you know, like you said at the beginning, core beliefs really are our default, right? So like when push comes to shove, if we confront a situation that challenges a belief, we're going to respond in the way that that belief tells us to. But that also doesn't mean that we can't evolve from it and see things from a different point of view. And so I think to me, as we grow and, and as we choose our, our maybe our new core beliefs or, or amend the core beliefs that we have, being open minded, being willing to listen, being willing to learn can go a long way to either reinforcing a core belief or completely changing it. And, I, you know, I think it's important to say to our, our listeners that it is 100 percent OK if you wake up tomorrow and go, boy, that thing that I've been hearing since I was little really is not right. And I don't want to believe that anymore. Great. You're not wrong for that. Like that's, that's part of seeing the world and, and, and exposing yourself to more things that are different. And, you know, that, that would be sort of my wish for everyone, including myself and you, Jeff would just be, don't ever be so closed off that you're not willing to learn new information. 
And if that new information is uncomfortable or challenges you, and I think that this current sort of racial era that we're in right now and sort of trying to come together to learn other people's perspectives, there's been a lot of uncomfortable growth that's been happening when, when you really take the time to learn how other people have experienced the world. And so that would be my hope for all of us is that as strong as our core beliefs may or may not be, take the time to want to learn and to listen because you might just grow from it in a good way. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's where I'll, I'll leave that point. Did that answer that enough for you? It did. And I guess just the one thing you made me think of, because you, you know, you talked about religion and ideology and all of that. And, you know, we've been having a conversation with our daughters. So we've come up Catholic. We've, you know, that's been my whole history. Well, my daughter said to me a while back, you know, I just really am not sure about religion right now. And it really rocked my, like one of my beliefs in that in, you know, well, what, you know, being, being Catholic, being a faithful person, you know, what if she decides not to be Catholic? And, you know, then I start going to really weird places. Like, so if they're, you know, if in an afterlife, does that mean you won't be in that? And that I'll tell you is what rocks me when it comes to beliefs, when, when they challenge us so much, when, when some event or some person, person challenges you so much that it completely rewrites what you have seen as the future, what you have seen as real. Um, and it really does create a challenging like dichotomy in your head. And it's scary. Like, you know, if I believe in heaven and you say you don't anymore, then does that mean you don't go? And that, like, I, this is a really deep one for me that actually gets to want to, you know, like values and fear. Um, but, but it is tough when people challenge you and you, it just doesn't align and you, you're so close to them, though you need it to align and you got to rationalize that. So, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, but okay. So let's dig a little deeper into this and, you know, um, do you, I kind of want to, you know, ask, like, if you had to just pick one of your core beliefs um, sure. and, and think, has this belief positively or negatively um, affected your life? So could you maybe just give an example of a belief that, and you kind of have already, but I want you to just revisit a bit. And, you know, how has that impacted your life? Sure. So I can, I'll, I think I may have mentioned this, but I'll, I'll take the core belief of, of family um, and sort of go from there. And I think, and as I was sort of playing in my head as you were asking kind of how I can take this, you know, I think a lot of where I'm at with beliefs is that ideally, if this is a, if, if this is a core belief, you know, I think about inside out, right? And those, those five or six sort of core beliefs that, that shape those islands that Riley has, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, a lot of where I'm at is a core belief, you should react the same way, no matter the situation, when the when things sort of pick at that core belief, right? So like, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, if your core belief is family, and, and, and blood is everything to you, and no matter what the situation, you're going to respond to blood, then whether they're asking for money, or they're sharing in their successes, you should say, okay, well, it's family, I have to. And I think 
that's a good like to me that's a, a solid way to sort of approach what a core belief should be because it should be a default right it should be one of those things that when push comes to shove you're going to react the same way now okay you say well hey what about if you start challenging beliefs or you learn new information well that goes into part two of where i would come from to say i think that so like you know i think of core beliefs usually being positive in nature right so family and honesty and trust and all that but what shakes those core beliefs is when someone in your life typically that you care about right because i i know that i don't tend to get too worried about people that i don't have any investment in because i might not ever see them again but like people that i care about and that contribute to my life you know if it's a family member that acts in a way that really makes me go well wait a minute that's that's really foul does that shake my 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 belief in in family or does that just mean that this person is toxic and just needs to be loved from a distance and i think that's that challenging piece that really comes to me um because i think that that, that having a core belief should typically affect you positively because those core beliefs are things that you've either been taught or reaffirmed through action and, and fine. But when that negative effect comes through is probably when someone that you care about or have put trust in or love really challenges one of those core beliefs. And then you're forced to either say, well, is that how I should be looking at this core belief all, all, all along? Or is this person just someone that needs to be loved from a distance? Um, and so I, I, you know, I think that's sort of how I work with, you know, affecting me positive or negatively, because to me, ideally, if my core belief is, is that core to me, then, then what's going to, to hurt is when people act outside of that core belief that I care about. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It makes a lot of sense. And what about you? What would you add to that? Well, you know, I was thinking about the, the one thing I failed to really talk about, you know, on when we, you know, what impacts our uh, core beliefs in that. And, you know, you talked about that student who had never come in contact with anyone that looked different than uh, than they did until they came to the University of Dubuque. And then I it made me kind of think a little deeper then. And you realize quickly that um then they're getting their beliefs from other sources, of course, like we all do. But I wonder, you know, you have to start to wonder how much media plays into that then as well. Like if I have never seen, um, you know, uh, a person of color, but I've always seen them on, uh, on like movies and news and things like that, you know, I, my belief may be skewed by the news station I watch, by the movies I watch by all of those things. And so, you know, I, when I, this whole positive or negative thing, when we talk about race and racism and, you know, and beliefs that people are bringing forward, I, you know, it brings up this idea of, you know, I wonder with our beliefs, you know, sometimes it's about being exposed to things that you're not used to, and then being able to be smart enough to navigate them to see at the core of what it is, you know? And I think some of our biggest issues in our country right now is that we are taking superficial affronts to our beliefs. So, you know, um, and, and I don't wanna drop too deep into this because it, it just gets very confrontational, but we think of movements where, 
you know, you, you look at Colin Kaepernick and Colin Kaepernick kneeled and people turned that into his belief that he, you know, was kneeling on the flag and kneeling on the veterans and he didn't, you know, his belief was that that wasn't important, but honest to God, that wasn't what he was kneeling for. And, but people don't want to challenge their belief that way. And so they just pigeonhole it into, well, he's doing something that's a personal affront to me and, and all of these other people. And therefore I don't even want to hear about him. Um, you know, I hope he's not successful, that kind of stuff. And, and it, it's really I think that's where you can see how core belief can negatively impact your life in a huge way. Um, whether it be the people who aren't growing in their because they're, you know, remaining ignorant about what the real issues are or the person who's who's gaining all of that attention um, because of that, uh, that core belief and a misunderstanding of of how core beliefs can coexist and how you got to dig deeper. It's not so superficial, but right now in our country, I do think we have gotten to this place where everything has become this superficial. You're with us or you're against us, period. I think that is really creating some chaos when, if we could just realize that it's okay to have differing beliefs, but you know, you don't have to buy into what everybody says, but you you at least need to give them credence to have that belief and then maybe experiences that can help them shape it in a different way. And so, I, yeah, I'm and I know I just ran into the weeds and I said I wasn't. Going no. To- <laughs> well, and I was going to and I was going to say, Jeff, that, that you brought up a, a really good sub point of, you know, beliefs can be highly motivating and they can be highly foundational to a person's self-worth and 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 self-love but boy beliefs can be weaponized really easily and i think that's kind of where you're going is you know everything everything in the news today seems like a political issue (laughs) it's like well i like i like roses well does that mean you hate daisies well that's ridiculous (laughs) it's like no like like and i think that's that can be the huge negative about core beliefs is they can be held against you. Um, And, and I think that there's a very fine line between, between discussing core beliefs. And like I said, weaponizing them. And I think that's where you were going with that. And I think that's sort of the, the ultimate sort of discussion point is, you know, would you rather meet someone who has no idea what they believe in or is so sure of what they believe in that, that they're going to, going to stick to it. And like, I don't know, I don't know that one way is better than the other. Right. Because if you come to me um, and you don't, and you say to me, Dr. C, you know, I really don't know what I believe in. Well, then you're a sponge and you're ready to learn, but I can also sort of influence you. Right. Yeah. But if you come to me and go, well, boy, I really know the five things that I believe in that can very quickly turn to. And you're wrong if you don't believe in them. Well, wait a minute. Like that's that's equally like, uh oh. And so, no, I don't think you're in the weeds at all. I think that speaks to the larger issue of why it's so important to talk about this topic, because it is very much important to know what we believe in. But it's also very important to know that other people can believe in things that are counter to that. And that's okay too. 
Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And look, we could talk about something as, and I'm going to say as simple, but it's so complicated as wearing a mask. Oh my God, that has become the most political issue on the planet. Sure. And it is like defining our lives right now. And like we, we have just gotten to this point where some of us are hanging on to our core beliefs so tightly that we're almost becoming completely unaware that anything exists outside of our bubble. And it's, it's just, I don't know, it's really distressing to see all of this um, really play out. But you brought up a great point. You talked about, you know, do you want somebody to come to you who says, I don't have my core beliefs and therefore is a sponge and they're ready to learn? Well, the trick with that is, if you are a sponge and you're in the wrong bucket of water, that can be really challenging. And I think about teenagers, you know, and, and tweens, kids who are really trying to define who they're going to be. They're trying to become adults. And you wonder why their peers have so much influence on them. It's oh, yeah. all trying to get their feet on the ground and they're going to put their feet on the same ground as the people next to them. And so, you know, when you think about influencing kids and and giving them experiences to make them stronger, better, more well-rounded, more aware, um, we often have to just really call into question, who are they around and what are they hearing? Now, some people will say, well, I don't like your friend. I don't like what they say. Therefore, you can't hang out with your friend. And all you've really done then is just made it more important for them to hang out with that friend. And so yeah, You've just created a red button situation. Oh, oh, my God. And so let them hang out with their friend. Let them have those conversations. And then you, and I know I just went into parent mode, but you as a parent or you as a friend can then sit down and say, okay. I totally see where this is coming from, but let me ask you a different way or let me let me give you something to chew on that might offer a different perspective. Sure. And that's how we learn. It's when we finally get to the point where we're like, you know what, I'm done with you. I have no interest in, in trying to talk to you. And that happens. Um, but it's at that moment where we just kind of give up, throw our hands in the air and say, well, what can I do? I'm one person kind of thing um, that we really lose hold of the power that we have, especially in education. Holy crime. Uh, yeah. You know, every single day, even when dealing, you know, working with college students, they are still looking for their footing. Oh, yeah. and, and I think we owe it to them to offer them different perspectives and to not necessarily say that I don't like your belief or I don't like your belief, therefore it's wrong. Maybe I don't necessarily agree with your belief, but maybe we can be adult enough to talk about it to see if one of us is just missing the boat or if at the end of the day, I can respect you as a human and accept where you come from. Sure. Even if I don't necessarily agree with or support where you've come from. Yeah. And well, so I think that's the thing too, is I was going to say, you don't want to, like, that's the tough tough sort of balancing act of being a parent or a mentor or, or just a leader in someone else's life is you don't want to force feed them what you believe in. But I, you know, my, my wish for my two, two girls is I just want to teach them to be critical in their thinking enough that if I tell them, boy, family's really important. And then all of a sudden something happens and they go, well, wait a minute, you don't do this or, or uncle so-and-so doesn't do this. So maybe it's not that important. Okay, well, ask the question then, right? Like, like I want to empower you to to be able to say, well, here's this, here's an example where it's not important. Can we talk through that? And so I think that speaks to what what you were getting at. Yeah, and it is, 
you know, here's the thing, especially with kids and you've got young ones, but they're as they grow up, they are going to disappoint the hell out of you some days. Like you will not even be ready for what happens. And you're like, oh, my God, this is completely counter to what I say and what I do. And but then you have this almost epiphany moment where where it's like, okay, this doesn't make you some horrible human being because you you got caught drinking or you you did something that I told you you shouldn't do it. You know, I talked early on today about this believing in grace and offering grace. And I think um, I think that's something that we could all learn more of or get better at in this in this country, especially in being able to say, you know, I look at my daughter, you know, you did sneak out. And yes, you totally broke a rule. And it could have been it could have been life ending, which is the scariest thing on earth. Sure. Make her a bad person. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if we all sat down and wrote down the times we made a stupid decision or we we did not believe in the way that we should have or the way that we believe now and how that impacted our lives? There isn't a person on this planet that would have a blank sheet of paper. Sure. And yet we we are so quick to cast judgment on people. Um, and it, it's just it's just so crazy to me. And um, but anyway, <laughs> so we nope. talked about this. This whole, you know, um, you started to get into it about, um, you know, if they come to you and they know what they believe in or if they come to you and they don't know what they believe in. Um, and, and I think I think we've done a, a good job of digging into, you know, um, results and outcomes from that. But but I really part of me wants I think it's important to to give people just something to um, like to just hang on to a little bit. So I want to ask you just a question. Like if you think of a belief that you didn't know before, even if you've already talked about it in the last, however many minutes we've been on here, but um, you know, some belief came to you in your lifetime that you probably can remember. Um, You know, like it was sort of this epiphany moment. I'm hoping otherwise I'm totally putting you on the spot. (laughs) Uh, And and I'm just kind of curious how you think that, like, what was it and how did it change you? Sure. So I'll actually, you're, you're, you are spot on in asking that. And I'll say that um, I'll, I'll attack that from the core belief of health, um, because I think as a young person, that's something that unless we were sort of born with something that gave us challenges, I think health is something that young people take for granted because, I'm young and I can do this and well, I don't have any outward problems. So blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and I'll talk about it from the perspective of over two years ago now. So I think November will be three years ago. Um, I was going down to bed um, and felt this awful pain, like in, like in my esophagus, like not in my chest, but like, just like like I had the worst spicy bean burrito in the history of the world and like I just it, it just it felt like awful heartburn and I just couldn't I sat up I drank water I you know kind of walked around a little bit all the while my wife was sleeping next to me and it, it just got so unbearable and I kind of woke her up and I said hon I, I don't think I'm having a heart attack but what are the symptoms so that I can tell you what I'm feeling and you can tell me, okay, no, you're having a heart attack. And everything that she described 
I wasn't having. So I felt reasonably confident that I wasn't having a heart attack, but you know, a chug of Pepto-Bismol and, and cool water and all of it, it was not going anywhere. And, and so at this point, it's probably after midnight. And she looked at me and said, either I'm calling my stepdad, who is a physician's assistant, to ask him, or we're going to the ER. Well, I'm not waking up my father-in-law at 1230 in the morning to ask him a question he might not know the answer to. So reluctantly, I said, okay, fine, let's go to the ER, which of course scared the crap out of me, Jeff, because I knock on wood, I've never had a broken bone. I've never had a real reason. And so like, this is very scary to me. So we go and they bring me back and, and they start sort of hooking me up to the machines. Well, my blood pressure at 1.30 in the morning on this November evening or, or late night, like 262 over 115 or something like that. Holy cow. And the attending physician looks at me in the face and goes, uh, you should be stroking and dead right now. Like, what is going on here? And I said, sir, other than the heartburn, I, I, I feel fine. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I can get up and walk out right now and be fine. Well, of course, I wasn't going anywhere. Um, and so they admitted me. And I spent the next four days in the hospital. And they literally ran every test that they could to figure out where this this high blood pressure was coming from and like went so deep that like they were testing me for things that like one in like 300 million people have like just to try to rule something out and and jeff i was in the hospital i think for four days total and Ooh. i still did not walk out with an answer wow. like they still couldn't tell me what the result of this this high blood pressure was and so they put me on four or five different sort of blood pressure meds because they were trying to basically attack every root source that high blood pressure could come from your veins, your, you know, your stomach, your, you know, your heart, like every, like all the different areas. And I, I ended up getting a, a, an appointment with my primary probably that next week. Um, and I sat down with him and, and he looked at me and he goes, Kev, this is not good, but since we can't find, like some people just have high blood pressure and that's just sort of it, but like no one in my family has it, right? Like I'm the only person that I know of that suffers from like elevated blood pressure. And, and he goes, I'm going to tell you something that you may or may not want to hear, but really and truly, if you lose weight most of these problems go away because I can tell you right now, your weight is significantly contributing to the pressure on your heart, the pressure on your veins. Like that is the big deal here. And anyone who has lost weight before, and I've done it before. And so here we were going through it again. It stinks, right? Like, like we all have those friends that can literally go to any restaurant in the world, eat everything on the left side of the menu and, and not gain a pound where I look at, a fast food menu and I've already gained 10 pounds. Yeah. Um, and so darn okay. But Jeff, damn it. If that wasn't the medical equivalent of a get out of jail free card, I didn't have to get surgery. I didn't have to have anything put into my body or taken out of my body. It was literally watch what you eat and move more. And these problems will start to take care of themselves. Yeah. And that was my epiphany moment of, you know, 
I probably wasn't the worst in terms of health, but I certainly was walking around with weight that I didn't need on my body. And geez louise, maybe this is that wake up call. And so the day I walked out of that appointment, I walked right into the Weight Watchers office. And now three years later, I'm down all of that weight. I'm off all of those meds. And, and my doctor could not be more happy with me. And I tell you what, the other thing that I haven't had in three years that I was getting all of the time, like, and my, my office desk could attest to two or three bottles of Excedrin, a bottle of ibuprofen. Um, um, I haven't had a headache in three years. Wow. And, and my, my physician told me that headaches are one of the warning signs of high blood pressure. And I would never, ever, ever have guessed that. So I, I'm very fortunate to now say that if I didn't value my health and if I didn't believe in health before, I sure as shoot do now. Yeah. Um, and, and that is something that I will never again take for granted and that my kids will, will know. And, and we try very hard to, to prepare balanced meals and, and be smart about what we're eating and move and, and be active because you only get one lap around the track. And if you want that lap to be 80 or 90 years, you, you can't do what I was doing or else you're not going to make it that far. Absolutely. Um, so what about you? What, any, anything on your end or, or was this most recent situation the thing that challenged you? Well, I think the, this one did challenge me the most, but, but truly with parenting, um, you know, I think it was that, you know, when you grow up and you're watching people's kids and you, you become a young adult and, and then you be, you know, your friends start having kids and, and people are, you're like, my God, that kid is an animal. They're a monster. They, you know, they need a little discipline in their lives. And, and then you, you realize that that is a great core belief and all until your own kids start doing things that make you think to yourself, well, hell, I didn't teach him to behave like this, but, but they're going to behave like this. And, and it taught me, it was a really good belief, you know, that you, you really can't judge, um, you, you can't judge people on what their kids say and do because their kids will say and do whatever they're doing to make their life easier or more fun or whatever at that moment. And so um, my big epiphany was, you know, even though kids tend to be mouthpieces of parents, they, no matter how hard you try, how many rules you have, how many great experiences you do as a family, it, it happens that, you know, your kids are not as perfect as you think they are. Um, and they will treat, they will eventually teach you that. But, and also the other kids that you experience, we're not, you know, they're not as bad as you think they are. And we as parents aren't as bad as you think we are based on what our kids are doing. You know, it's sure it, that to me is, and I look at that when I, as an educator as well, that we, you know, you get kids with certain backgrounds and you think, oh, well, they're predisposed for this and this and this and this. And, and we already start limiting their success based on where they've come from or, you know, something in their genetics or whatever that may be. And we do such a disservice because of that, that I just, you know, there's just something so important about being open to realize that just because a person like me who came from a high poverty situation at times in my life, um, yeah, cards are stacked against me, but guess what? I, you can make it and yeah. you make it because other people believe that you can make it. 
and they deeply believe it. It's not some superficial crap that, oh, yeah, you'll make it. You just need grit and determination. Well, you know what? That That's a tired, tired song to sing. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just you have people who believe in you, people who are willing to show you that even though you might believe this in yourself, there is another outcome. You just have to believe that that outcome exists. And so to me, yes, my epiphany really came with kids and it came with education. Um, so anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, and yeah, it is probably time for me to, to calm down on all this stuff, but um, <laughs> so no, no, no. And I, and I think that, that I, I, I hoped that this conversation was going to go where it has gone, because I think, again, it's, it's abstract and, 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 it leads to tangents and it leads to, oh yeah, I just thought, because I think core beliefs are things that, you know, again, and I hate to be Disney, Disney philic here, but you know, you go back to the end of, of inside out and yeah, her core beliefs got rocked. And at the end they, they were similar, but had adapted some. And I think to me, that's great news for people who go, well, you know what? I'm still sort of trying to figure it out. Good. Yeah. And you know, I know 50 and 60 and 70 year old 70 year olds who are still on the journey towards self-growth and that has caused some core belief changes. So please don't ever think that you get stamped with them and you can't ever get rid of them. Yeah, I agree. Well, good. Well, anything else you want to add before we uh, move to our call to action? Oh no, let's talk about that call to action. Super. Okay. Well, you know, I, I I know Jeff and I have spoke a bit about some some core beliefs and some epiphanies that we've had. And so I think this would be a really great chance for you all to share some of that with us. And so I think uh, as a call to action, I'd love to hear from you all as our listeners. What are two to three core beliefs that you're pretty firm in, either through reinforcement or your own learning or or whatever? But we'd love to hear two or three core beliefs that you're firm in and why. And then we'd also really love to know one core belief that is new or that is a a 180 for something you held but were exp- you had your own epiphany moment and said you know what maybe that's not the right way of thinking of this and here's why and so i think in reflecting on both sides of that coin it really starts to help you all see you can hold some pretty strongly and you can grow with others and vice versa so once again, two to three that you have that are pretty firm, that continue to reinforce themselves for you, and then one that has recently changed, and what was the reason for that change? And as always, you can send that feedback to either of our outreach handles, either our email address, howyoufeelingpodcast at gmail.com, how, the letter U, feeling podcast at gmail.com, or you can send it to Twitter at podcast. And in either case, we would love to interact with you and and respond to those. Uh, Jeff, if people want to hear more from you on social media, how can they do it? Um, I am at Haberlin J on Twitter. And what about you? I, you can find me on the Twitterverse at KP Katani. And again, we would love to chat with you there, too. Um, again, in keeping with our our goal to try to give you guys a chance to send some questions in, we just wanted to let you know that our next two topics – uh, our empowering and limiting beliefs, which is sort of a, an extension of our talk today on core beliefs. And then our next uh, topic after that is what we call cognitive processing and reframing. And largely the teaser on that is it's a framework 
that helps us to either reinforce beliefs and values or or to change them. And so sort of the the cogs behind the core beliefs that we have. And so those are our next two topics coming up. Again, if you have any questions or thoughts on either of those, you're welcome to send those to our, our engagement handles as well. So, uh, Jeff, anything else? You know, for me, I just would give people a little bit of a challenge today to, you know, think about a core belief that, that you know, you've had your whole life and, and maybe, maybe give yourself a moment to, to really challenge that belief, even if only in your head. To, to make sure that it's one that, that still rings true for you or if it's something that you're just kind of clinging to as a, as a past remnant. Awesome. I like that. And, and I'll say, and I know, Jeff, you've mentioned this before, but I know that today's talk uh, will probably, I don't know if trigger is the word I'm looking for, uh, but hopefully will cause some of our listeners to think a bit. And what I do want to say is if you're listening to this and you're having one of those OGs moments, please, please, please talk to somebody about it. Um, whether that's your mom and dad, whether that's your partner or husband or wife or, or a religious leader or somebody, you are not alone. Like, like, like the current climate that we're in politically, socially, medically is really challenging a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And you are never, ever alone. And if you ever need to chat, um, I hope that you have someone to chat with, but if you don't, there are resources. And Jeff, I just wanted to open up for you because I know that you do some work with some of the crisis centers around us. Could you share either the email or the phone number or whatever in case somebody really wants to just talk and need somebody to talk to, but they don't have anyone in their circle to do that with? You bet. So um, one of them that I would recommend is an organization called Crisis Text Line. Um, and typically they do whatever they can to keep your wait time below five minutes. I think we're up to like nearly 10,000 counselors right now. And so you, you'll you be able to get through pretty quickly. And all you have to do is type or text hello or any other word you want to 741-741. And, and they will reach back out to you and you can start a conversation from there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Like I said, I... There, there are people who want to listen. There are people that want to have these conversations. Um, so, so please um, don't hold this stuff in. Be willing to, after you sort of process and, and reflect on it, um, talk to somebody about it, because I think that'll help uh, a good deal. So for, for all of us here at the podcast, we so thank you for listening. Uh, continue to uh, stay safe and wash your hands. Take care of yourself. Take care of your village. Uh, and as always, thanks again for listening to another episode of How You Feeling? Thank you.